0: Welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm Goshen News Sports Editor Greg Keim, and with me is Goshen News Sports Reporter Austin Huff. Well, Austin, we're back for another week of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. This might be the most
1: exciting week we've had so far in the podcast. I, I think After it Saturday. is. Saturday. I think it is. I'm going to claim it is the most exciting podcast uh, that we've ever done because of what happened Saturday, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock or taking a really long nap for four days uh the northwood girls basketball team is the 3a state champions pretty remarkable game greg you and i were both there uh what were your kind of observations of the contest against salem
0: northwood just never gave up they came out they got down seven to nothing early in the game but they just kept battling back chipping away chipping away at that lead and their defense is something else
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they went down, I even told you, like, first minute of the game, it looked just like the Benton Central semi-state game. They had a 10-second violation. Mm -hmm. They're down. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. Like, 30 seconds into Benton Central, I had written them off. (laughs) 30 seconds into Salem, I'd written them off. Like, it's over. Oh, it was fun while it lasted, right? Like, oh, it's a great run. But like you said, they don't give up. And, uh, like, Reagan Hartman hit that three at the end of the first quarter to tie it at seven. That was huge. Uh, they were only down one at half, and then they were up one going into the fourth quarter, and I think you and I both looked at each other and that going into the fourth, and you were like, if you had told Coach Adam Yoder at the beginning of this game that he'll have the lead going into the fourth quarter of the state championship game, he'd probably take it. He so. would probably
0: take it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And." It was a, it was a different aspect for me because back I covered the '99 team too that won the championship, mm-hmm. and that they were a little bit more expected because they had three girls: and Amy Zerker, Natalie Will, and Carol Duncan, who eventually went on to play NCAA Division One basketball. So you knew during the season they had a, a chance at making state, making a run at the state title. But this group, not to downplay them anything, because they but they're all multiple sport athletes. There's no real standout basketball player on that team. One of my favorite quotes from Adam Yoder during the press conference after the game was we don't have anybody that's going to play D1 basketball. We don't have an Indiana
1: All-Star, but we're state champions. Right. <laughs> right. And that's and I think, you know, the having that non kind of like All-Star player I think affected how you thought of them a little bit because at the beginning of the postseason run, I mean, we had talked about it before, you know, previewing all the sectionals and things like that and mm-hmm. To me, the thought of them winning the state championship never really entered my mind, I guess. Where, like, this was a good team. Obviously, they were ranked in the top 10 in the state, and they had all the numbers, right? The record was strong, and, you know... But for some reason, it was just, like, a mental thing maybe of, like, well... I don't think, you know, I don't know, like maybe, you know, teams from this area, teams from this county don't often make it that far and, you know, go down there and win. So it's like a mental thing almost in your brain where it's like, oh, well, they'll lose to someone, right, like Mishawaka Marion, or they'll lose to Benton Central or whatever. So uh, the fact that they put the run together, won won seven games and won a state championship was pretty pretty incredible to see. And uh, I'm just going to have to – Do one quick second of bragging because I did say on the podcast last week that first one to 30 will win the state championship game. I found the audio. I did did say it. I did predict it five days in advance. I said it 100 times on Saturday, and guess what? It was 37-29 Northwood, so the first one to 30 won the game. Not to brag, but I'm totally bragging that I was right. It's the only time I've been right in my job here in the last 18 months, but I'm going to claim it. Not
0: to try and one up you, but I believe I told you the courtside there near the end of the game that to be ready to, to do a story about Maddie Payne because I felt she had an excellent shot at winning the mental attitude.
1: You did. And I had she about, ended up winning it. I had about six sidebar ideas. I was bouncing off to you in the fourth <laughs> quarter about everything. Yes. And you were like, "You should probably focus on Payne." And I'm like, "Yeah." And honestly, Payne, you know, she said she won the mental attitude award, um, and that was that was pretty cool because that was one of the first things. Uh, Norm, Norm Sellers, the athletic director, he said that one of the first things Adam Yoder asked him after the game was if Matty Payne had won the Mental Attitude Award, because they knew at halftime, Norm, the AD there, had been told at halftime that Maddie was going to win it. Mm. Adam didn't know that, though. So, he was really excited. Norm, yeah, Norm at the yeah, rally... things on his mind. Right, right. <laughs> Norm, Norm at the rally on Sunday said that uh, he was like, okay, well, I know we're leaving with at least one of these two trophies. Like, let's try to go for the sweep here in the second half, and... uh and they did, obviously. But, yeah, you know, it was a it was um, a gritty performance, I would say, from Maddie Payne. Her shot wasn't falling at all. No. And that she was 2 of 12 shooting in the first half. You and I were looking at each other like this is the story of the game right here. If she makes half her shots, you know, she averaged like I think 56% from the field. was her shooting percentage coming in mm-hmm. somewhere around there. So if she just makes half her shots, they're up they 7 up. or 8 at the half. And, like, they're running away with the game given how they're playing defense. So, but she went three or four from the field in the second half, made nine of ten free throws in the game total. And she just, like I said, it was kind of a gritty performance. She just stepped up and she, you know, they kept on feeding her the whole game and she just didn't relent. And it eventually paid off and, you know, they won the state championship. So, good strategy on Yoder's part, I guess, right? It worked. So,
0: the uh, the scary thing about that Salem team is they came within what eight points of, of winning the state championship. Yeah, playing the entire season without their best player, yeah. their point guard. Yeah,
1: she Liam injured Miller. her knee last fall and yep. had to sit out the entire season. Right. Yeah. Could you imagine if they had her on the court? I mean, they were already a good scoring the team without a good her. Team. Right. Yeah. They averaged fifty eight points a game coming in, so uh, that would have been impressive. But for me. It would have been a, it, would, it would have been a definitely an interesting game with if Leah Miller was out there for Salem. Yeah. But Northwood all tournament was the masters at taking away your best player. Like they just they were like we're gonna let anyone else beat you pretty much. Like Carly Sweeney for Salem came into the game averaging twelve points a game. She finished with five. You know, like they did not mm-hmm. let her beat. Them, they were gonna let anyone else beat them. Like the leading scorer for Salem was a bench player. You know, she had ten yeah. points. Abigail Rats came off the bench and had ten points for Salem. Like, there was that type of performance defensively all throughout the tournament. And like how we meant, how we've talked about it, it kind of started in that Lakeland game where they shut down Bailey Hartso and Beth Stroop, their two shooters from the right. Lakeland. And it continued against Marion. They shut down Heimlich and Foster Knox. They shut, they shut Knox down completely. Basically, Benton Central—they shut down their best player. Strauss only had 12 when she was Mm -hmm. averaging 18, 19 in the tournament. So it was a clinic on defense, man-to-man defense, uh, just a sight to see. They were really, really good, and and it came through again on Saturday night. So yeah.
0: The only thing I could think of was uh, when I walked into the the, uh, Mark, into Bankers Life Fieldhouse there Saturday. And looked up and saw all those red T-shirts there. Wow. I'm thinking, I hope the last person out in Appinie Walker is to turn the lights off yeah, it because was
1: everybody's <laughs> got to be down here. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. What a sight that was, man! There was probably two, three thousand people from North for Northwood in that sec, those yeah. two sections, three sections. And and kudos to Salem, too. They brought a great crowd as well. They, did. they were sitting, behi- sitting behind us, so we couldn't see them as as well. But they had a great showing of fans. Yeah. And Northwood, the sea of red that was in that building. Um, it was made for a great atmosphere. You could tell both communities were excited to be there. And I and I think, um, you know, Norm Sellers said that on Sunday as well. He was like, after the game, one of the IHSA people came up to him and he they said that it was really neat to see a community want to be here. You know, a lot of the times people can buy a ticket and just sit there and cheer, but like you guys were into it. You wanted to be here. You were doing chants and yeah. everything. And they said it was just really neat to see that. And so you could feel that from the Napanee-Wakarusa community, right. and uh, it was really cool. It was just a really cool environment, and uh, again, kudos to Northwood for winning the state title, um, Adam Yoder, you know. They've had two coaches in program history, both have won state championships. How about that? You can't get much better than nope, that. No pressure to the next person, right? Yeah, so yeah. no pressure. Um, and just
0: one last thing about the game, I have to give a shout-out to our uh, stringer photographer, Brandon Beachy, that went with us Saturday yes. and shot the game. Got some excellent photos. Yeah. One, one funny thing about it was, oh, it's, it's the black swish he was going to photograph. Mm-hmm. So he wore a black shirt. Yeah. He gets down there and... All of the Northwood crowd, the Northwood players are all wearing red shirts. <laughs> he said, the, "He said I got a ton of uh, red shirts because he works for Goshen High for Goshen mm-hmm. School System." So mm-hmm. he said, "I got all kinds
1: of red shirts." And he said, "The one day I decided to wear a black one." <laughs> They're in red. Yeah, and it wasn't even like they were wearing their black jerseys either. They were the home team, so right. they were wearing their white uniforms. So no unsuccessful wearing the black. But right. yeah, Brandon was great for us, man. He did got some really good shots. Uh, good crowd shots good reaction shots I thought as well. That was what that's what tells the story in my opinion, those yep. types of pictures. So I really liked that. And yeah, that was a fun, fun Saturday to spend in the driving down to Indian back. You guys in the car, six total hours round trip. I mm-hmm. no nope, surprisingly the door was not left unlocked and we didn't take any sharp turns. So I, I was not thrown <laughs> out of the car. You didn't so. fall out. Yeah. Nope, thank God. That was great. Um so yeah, good good weekend for the Black Swish, and we congratulate everyone uh, on the championship over there. And
0: now the uh, the boys' version of the tourney kicks off tonight. The 110th right. annual ISHA Boys
1: Basketball Tournament. I got tonight. I got I got one day off. Now we're back into it, baby. Here we go. That's right.
0: <laughs> we got uh, teams and actions in four sites tonight. We got Northridge and Concord playing over at Northside Gym in Elkhart. We got Tippecanoe Valley and Lakeland playing over at Northwood. We have Westview and Prairie Heights playing at Westview. And then we have Bethany and is it Fremont? Fremont, Fremont yes. At Fremont. At Fremont tonight. Mhm.
1: Should be four interesting games there. Should be. Uh, three eh, three interesting games maybe. The Northridge Concord game might not be too interesting. No offense to anyone from Concord. Yeah. Um, but uh Tippy Valley and Lakeland are both kind of similar, so they might, you know, be a decent game. A winner of that plays Wallace C on Friday. Uh Prairie Heights, Westview, obviously two top 10 teams in the class playing each other first round. Uh, winner gets Churubusco on Friday back at Westview, and then uh, Bethany Christian Fremont. So, winner, I believe, gets Lakewood Park Christian. I think so, yes. On, on Friday night back at Fremont. Yeah. So, yeah, it should be interesting uh, evening of games. And so. Right. And to
0: top all that off, to add to the further excitement and glamour. Of our, of our podcast this week. We have a guest in the studio today.
1: We do. He probably didn't like we, the fact that I uh, dismissed Concord so no, quickly. Because he is the legendary
0: Concord coach, <laughs> Jim Hahn, who coached two state runner-ups
1: at the school. Yeah, back in the single-class system. Jim, thank you, That's for, right. uh, thank you for coming on. How are you doing
2: today? Doing great, guys. Uh, really appreciate the invitation here today <laughs> to uh, kind of reminisce about the uh, 30 years. Yes. Uh, it's hard to it's, believe it's been
0: 30 years, uh, isn't it, Jim? Kind of a little emotional.
2: You know, <laughs> when I really think about it, back about it. Uh, just had a great opportunity with some great kids. And uh, yeah, really blessed to be here today and, and glad to have you guys invite me. And, to talk about this.
1: Yeah we were originally going to dedicate the whole podcast to you when we had you scheduled to come in a month ago but then you know Northwood won a state championship so we had to adjust the plans a little bit but I'm sure you're you're okay with that. Absolutely (laughs) Uh,
2: what a great achievement for Northwood and the girls program down there. Uh, They've they've had a long-standing tradition of good good girls basketball Mm -hmm. team down there and and boys as well so Uh, Just great for the community, and uh, they've always been very supportive of their athletic teams down in that area. Yeah, so we are have you on today because
1: I am personally working on a story about the 1990 Concord boys basketball team that made that run to state championship. Played in front of 41,000 fans of the Hoosier Dome against Damon Bailey in Bedford, North Lawrence. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. Uh, just a little, little shiver went down your spine there, uh, Jim. Bit, every time I hear that
2: word, Damon Bailey, I start a little, little bit of twitching, a little bit of, yeah. So brings back some uh, kind of some unpleasant flashbacks in that particular last minute and 51 seconds or whatever it was. But uh-huh. it, was it was, yeah, it was a great year and, uh we were just be uh, we were happy to be a part of that whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, kind of the point of my story and, and the emphasis on it is a little bit about how history has kind of viewed that 1990 team, maybe as the other team, for lack of a better term. Uh, obviously, in '88, you had a guy named Sean Kemp who ended up having a really stellar NBA career and things like that. And in 1990, you played against Damon Bailey, who was the all-time state leading scorer and kind of a folk hero. Even They, they even said that on the broadcast of the game at the time. He was a folk hero. He was still playing. That's how legendary he was. Well, you know, when, yeah. ba-
0: when Bobby Knight starts recruiting you as an eighth grader <laughs> and tells his, ba- his varsity basketball team at IU that Damon Bailey is already as an eighth grader better than any guard he has on his team, that that gives you some folklet
2: folk, folk uh, status. Yeah. Every, everything uh, he he uh, was awarded in all of his uh, career, he had at Bedford North Lawrence. Uh, he, he he earned every bit of it, mm-hmm. and uh, he was definitely a special special high school basketball player. Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess uh, my question is then: Do you do you feel like history has kind of viewed that as the other? Concord team, do you do you agree with that kind of sentiment or notion?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of the sentiment, but I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, and I've been asked this question many times throughout the last 30 years, you know, which team was better and and I really really believe that the 90 team was better than the 88 team. Um, and again, I'm using that word team because, you know, we had a special individual in 88 as you mentioned in Sean and, Shawn, and uh, you know, it, he was a phenomenal high school player and, as you said, went on to the NBA and had a really nice career in the NBA. But, um, so, a lot of people knew the, the 88 team because of Sean, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think anybody would have ever thought after he graduated in 88 that Concord would kind of just, kind of ride off in the sun, you know, sunset, and we wouldn't hear from Concord Anymore, but uh, we were very blessed and very fortunate to have, you know, a great group of kids come back in in the following several years.
1: Mm -hmm. How many people ask you or uh, confuse thinking Kemp was on both teams? Do people get that often? You get that often? Yeah,
2: some, uh, you know, a lot from the area knew that, you know, Mm -hmm. it was uh, his senior year was the first time that we had made it down to the state championship game. So, you know, a few people have asked that over the years, but most of them uh, were familiar enough that they understood that that was his senior year and two years later when we went back that he, he had already graduated.
1: Because I've talked to people about how I'm working on this story, and they're like, oh, yeah, Sean Kemp. And I'm like, no, not Sean Kemp. Believe it or not, this is, this is kind of the, part of the point of the story. It's just the non-Sean Kemp team that was also very good. So I think people get confused by that. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I just got a lot of questions I want to ask you. I think Greg want to ch- chime in too as well. I've, I've watched the state championship game now three times, uh, but I'm not going to focus as much on that the whole season as well. we'll, we'll we won't get to we'll, – we'll save the emotional stuff for later. <laughs> and the, We'll let the build up to the crowd, you know, the, the moment. So, um, so I've talked to a lot of the guys already on the team from that season, and they mentioned how coming into the season the one goal was state championship. Um, obviously, in '89, you guys didn't get out of the sectional. I know Bill Much didn't play that season um, from a suspension because he was suspended for the whole year. So, getting Bill back, getting Jamar Johnson in his senior year, was that the goal? Did you really think that, hey, we can run this and make it a state championship?
2: Absolutely. Um, pretty much uh, after um, Sean's uh, freshman year, the, the first year we won, the Concord won the sectional. And um, Concord hadn't won it. Maybe Greg can fill in. But it had been several years since Concord had won even a sectional championship. So um, one of the biggest mistakes is, you know, that was our goal that year, was to win the sectional. So we won the sectional, and that's about all we did because (laughs) it was like that was our goal, and that's what we achieved, and that's what we started off the season to do. And we won the sectional, and then we – totally, you know, acted like we'd never played the game before when we went to the regional. And uh, so from that point in time, uh, after that season, every year our goal was to win the state championship. And because I wasn't going to allow that to happen again, that you achieve a goal that maybe was a realistic goal, but maybe it wasn't a, a high enough goal. Um, so, from that point forward, yeah, we absolutely, every year, our goal was to win the state championship. Mm-hmm. Jamar shared a story about the Believe
1: sign, and I don't know if he, he said something how one day it just was in the locker room. You had put it up because they had announced the Hoosier Dome was going to be the host. Um, what is that story? Tell me a little bit more about that. Do you remember from that, getting that sign up?
2: Well, we just, you know, it really felt like, you know, we, we had talked about it. We knew that was our goal, and you know the next thing is you got to believe that that that's going to happen. And so we just wanted—I mean, we, we broke every huddle. We broke every locker room before we came out for the game. Half times a game, every every huddle at and practice when we huddled up at the ends of practice. I mean, we broke every huddle with believe, and that was it—one word—and they all knew what it meant. We put—I posted a, a sign, a picture of the hoosier dome at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, put it above the locker room door going out from the locker room out to the to the gym and with the word believe up there and so every day anytime those kids would come from the locker room outside whether it be to practice or for a game they saw that and they saw the hoosier dome and they saw the word believe and uh, we just wanted to make it a mindset that this is really what we believe that we can do and where we're going to get. Jim Uh,
0: As much success as there was about that game and notoriety and national media attention, are you at all surprised that they haven't tried to recreate that and do it again
2: sometime? You know, it was a great story. I mean, just the fact of, um, you know, 41,000-plus people to see a high school basketball game. And knowing that we were the, I guess, the David in the story, because <laughs> mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Goliath being yeah. Damon, Damon Bailey, Bailey, right, and the folklore and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a great storyline. Here you got a you know um, uh, championship type folklore hero of Indiana high school basketball playing uh, against a you know team from Northern Indiana mm-hmm. who you know didn't get a lot of recognition. I, I guess we did because at the end of the season we were. We were ranked number one going into the state tournament series, um, but still, it was you know really kind of a David and Goliath type of deal mm-hmm. with Damon Bailey and us. So, um, yeah, it'd be a great story. Mm-hmm.
1: I I've talked to Mike Swanson about that. He said something like they should make it a movie. He's like, uh, with that that title game and the Milan game are like the two that are like the iconic games. And I'm like, yeah, it would be like a reverse Hoosiers, like anti Hoosiers. The guy who's supposed to win wins the championship, yeah. right? Like so. Um, during the season, you know, you mentioned you got to number one, obviously, and I think the definitive game that people looked at from that season was the Warsaw game. They came in and McHugh and Jim. Uh, do you remember the final score of that game? First off, it was bad.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was bad for Warsaw. Yeah, yeah. Good for us, but I, I mean, it was probably thirty points. I think Nin- we 90,
1: it. Ninety-eight to sixty-seven. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it was. Uh, yeah, we came out pretty focused for that game. Uh, you know, one of our other goals was obviously to. Uh, you know, win the NLC, uh, conf- uh, the conference championship. So that that was always a big game. Warsaw was always a big game, and they came in very highly ranked. And I think at the time they might even been number one coming mm-hmm. into Concord. Um, and it was a home game, and uh, never heard and Jim ever in my life that loud, uh, that packed, that crazy. And uh, and to give credit to the fans, but also give credit to the players because they gave the fans a reason to get crazy and loud because uh, we played exceptionally well that
1: night. Yeah, Jamar Johnson, I think, had like 35 points. Um, Having a player like Jamar on that team, how much did that elevate you guys from not just a good team to a a great team?
2: Yeah, I mean, anytime you can have a point guard, and being a former point guard when I played and... um, just a lot of responsibility falls on them. And, uh, you know, Jamar didn't shy away from any of that um, expectation or responsibility that we put on a point guard. So you kind of mentioned Warsaw being a turning point, and I kind of look back out of a lot of people other than the players probably don't know this, but I kind of look back of there was a – we played Northwood the last game before Christmas break that year. And we hadn't lost a game. I don't know that we really had any really close games. But we just didn't play well against Northwood. It was a home game. And I thought, looking out there during the game, I thought I was watching, like, five one-on-one-on-one-on-one games. (laughs) I just wasn't pleased with the way the team was playing. And that's not how we had always played, and that's not what we were trying to do. So, um we had called a little team meeting after that game, and uh, it was varsity players only and coaches, and we met down and uh, actually didn't even go in the locker room. We went uh, down into another smaller gym at Concord and uh, pretty much just said we're not leaving here tonight until we get some things figured out because what I saw out there tonight playing is not how we're going to win the state championship. And I said, I think there's some issues going on here with you guys, and I don't know what it is, but we're gonna we're gonna sit here and we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> and so we sat there for a few minutes in silence. And finally, I give credit to Mike Swanson for uh, kind of starting the conversation. And uh, nothing bad, but just some things that um, they brought up that thought they could change. And you know, I I, talk, I told the players, I said, I am just I'm here for you guys, okay? We're all in this together. We all just play different roles, but this is your team. This is your team and I'm just here to make you guys to be as best as you can be. And so we got some things out and we walked out of that gym that night after being there probably, you know, sixty to ninety minutes and uh it was kinda nice because he said, you know, see you guys in about a week because we at the time we weren't in a uh, holiday the tournament community. or anything. Mm-hmm. We had gone to a twenty-game schedule. Wanted to give them a time, you know, some time off, spend some time with their family, and we said, you know, this is great. You guys think about all this, and we'll get back here in a week, and we're going to get back, you know, after chasing our goal of winning the state championship, and that was, I think, a crucial part of that that season. So, hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Yo, uh, you guys obviously finished the regular season undefeated, so you're going into the state tournament undefeated, ranked number one. Did you ever feel that pressure? Did you ever sense that the guys felt that pressure of undefeated number one team in the country, not country, the state?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I, for me as a coach, the the most trying game all year long was, for whatever reason, was the first game of the sectional, no matter what. I mean, that was the most nervous I got because it's like a one-and-done thing. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just to get those jitters out um, – I think the only time I ever really, like, got sick before games was, like, the first night of the sectional. The guys, they'd go out, and I'm, like, trying to hold it together, and, and I'd go into the toilet and get sick and then go, okay, I'm ready, let's go, you know, play. But, and then after that, we were fine. And I don't think the I, I, there wasn't any pressure. We kind of broke the season down. Um, the way we did it was, you know, we kind of looked at, you know, we, one game at a time, game by game, um, we wanted to win the NLC, so once that was over, then we concentrated again, game by game, till the end of the season. Once that regular season ended, and we were, you know, undefeated, twenty and O, it's like, guys, it's over, it's done. Mm-hmm. That season's over, mm-hmm. conference is over. We took care of that undefeated season. We took care of that, but it's a whole new season, so we're starting all over now, and we got nine games that we need to win. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how we broke it down. I really don't think they felt any pressure. And
1: having the 88 experience helped, like, prepare for that, you think? Because you had, obviously, much and Johnson played in that 88 team. So did that help them, too, I guess, like, handle it?
2: Absolutely. And, I mean, coaching staff, players, everything. You know, even though there was only a couple guys that were on that team that played in, in Bill and Jamar, just so many different things. You know, how we handled that week um, – of going down to Indianapolis for the press conference on that Monday. We were able to get down there. We had a local gentleman that offered to fly us down, the athletic director and myself to go to the. Oh. Fly you down? Yeah. To Indy. Yeah. He had had a private plane. (laughs) He said, hey, that'll save you some time. (laughs) Uh, I said, that'd be fantastic. So he flew us down and uh, um, we were able to get down there and have uh, our meetings at noon in Indy. And after those meetings, we were able to get back up here in time and we scheduled all of the media, local media to come in on that Monday afternoon to practice, Mm -hmm. to to open up all the interviews with the players and myself and whoever they wanted to talk to. But then that was it. Then after Monday, we were pretty much done. I did several telephone interviews for, you know, uh, some of the reporters downstate um, during the week, but that was just me. I wanted the players just to be, Focus totally on the game. On game and the preparation for that the yeah. upcoming weekend.
1: How do we get a plane for us, Greg? <laughs> Who do I need to talk to? He needs need to have the know the right people in the right places. <laughs> so could could Goshenews afford a plane? I doubt it. Okay. But, okay. Well I figured I'd ask on the podcast to <laughs> no one. Um so you guys kinda cruise through the sectional, the regional doesn't have much this uh, semi state semifinal don't have much issue, but the semi-state final, Northfield. You have the Ross twins who are both six nine, six ten, whatever they are, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys won on a walk-off goaltend, tend. Basically, uh, what do you what do you remember from going into that game and then kind of how that game transpired?
2: Yeah, the biggest thing about that, you know, watching their tapes and and breaking them down. We I mean we weren't real big. I mean, Bill Much was our biggest kid at six three, and here they you know he's get these two six ten kids and. I was more worried about how we we're going to defend them than I you know, was worried about our offense because I thought offensively we'd be able to score and we'd be fine. I was just concerned about defense, and we really got into the game. It was like we we really struggled offensively. I mean, they played a, a 1-3-1 zone, and, and they had one of the twins in the middle of the zone and one on the, on the baseline, and – uh, they were long, and uh, they had some other players that were long. And uh, we just – we we struggled offensively against them. And, uh, yeah, we were fortunate uh, to win that game. I think, if I remember right, Jeff Massey might mm-hmm. have made the shot or shot right. the shot that right. his goaltender – and I know that was, you know, I'm sure if you were talking to Northfield people, they were like, "That wasn't gold." <laughs> anyway, so, two sides to every story. Absolutely, <laughs> just like the block charge was in the Def- Bedford game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get yeah. to
1: that. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> we'll put that on pause for a minute. Uh, yeah, Greg, you got any anything else? I know I've been kind of dominating the questions. Anything else you're thinking of that before we kind of dive into that state? What? Day. What do
0: you remember most about that season, Jim? I mean, it's, it's got to be a magical season, but is there any one point that sticks out? or
2: Just, I think, um, the way that players bought in to what we were doing and believed in what we were doing and believed in each other. And um, just, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty uneventful regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of real close games. Um, and then when we got into the tournament, just, yeah, we were able to, like you had mentioned before, Austin, it was it was pretty uneventful <laughs> until we got to that championship game of the semi-state. So that that was interesting to see, too, then knowing, okay, since we hadn't been in a lot of close games, mm-hmm. you know, how we were going to respond in that, that championship game of the semi-state to see what we did. And, you know, we came out with a win. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of good memories and just uh, – the way that I, get, I think the team bought into everything we were doing. Yeah, yeah I think you, the. Do yeah. you still keep in touch with a lot of the kids? Yeah, uh, we do. Um, several of them are in the Phoenix area, and I've uh, been able to uh, uh, make a couple of trips out to that area um, for some business <laughs> slash golf. Adventures, so golf uh, is a business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Tiger <laughs> so, Woods plays golf. So, and I've yeah. been out there. I've been able to hook up with uh, Jamar Johnson's out there. Steve Larkin, uh, Dwayne Wickey, who was you know with uh, he was uh, with Sean uh, that class, and uh, uh, Micah Sharp's out in that area. So, been able to stay in touch with them, and have talked with Bill Much and Mike Swanson and uh, Jeff Massey. Probably. A, Probably have more conversations with Jeff. Uh, that he's in college coaching okay. at the University mm-hmm. of Toledo. Mm-hmm. So we talk frequently, um, you know, about their team and their success, and uh, you know what he went through it you know, with his career, and now that he's coaching. Yeah. Um, and he kind of looks back and sometimes says, you know, "Wish I would have known then what I know now." So uh, <laughs> I think it's yeah. for all of us, man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's-
0: that's got to give you a sense of pride, though, that you've got one of your former players, and you probably have more that I'm just not thinking of right now. But right. kind of following your footsteps in the coaching career.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, our goal always was, you know, I, I think, uh, remember, I think at when we got beat, and I think I was even you that I told Greg, you know, I said if this is the most disappointing thing that these guys ever hap- this happens to in their life is losing a state championship game. And if that's the worst thing that ever happens to them their whole life, they're, they're going to have a really, really good life. So I'm just glad that, you know, they're all out. They've got good jobs. They've got good families. Um, and that's that's always the nice thing to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the trip to the Hoosier Dome, 41,000
1: fans. We'll, we'll start with the first game first. Anderson, uh, you're up 20 in that game, and all of a sudden they come back and tie it. You're able to – Hang on though uh, for the win. Were you nervous at all when when that was kind of happening, going down the stretch of that game?
2: I, uh, I mean, obviously, when it gets tight and the team's mm-hmm. coming back like that, makes a big comeback. Um, but on the other side of the coin, you always think about you know it takes so much energy and effort to come back from that far down that you know I kept thinking, okay, they're gonna you know finally, hopefully, run out of steam a little bit. We're gonna gather our composure and and you know find a way to win it down the stretch, which we were able to do. But, um, yeah, I I mean, we we by no means thought going into that game that we were going to go down and be up by 20 points (laughs) at at any point in time. So maybe it was a little bit of us maybe being a little overconfident at the time, like, hey, we're up 20 and we got this game, and that was not the case at all. But, yeah, we were were, uh, fortunate to be able to gain our composure and get the win.
1: I've asked this question to everyone so far, and they've given me different answers, so I'll just ask you personally, did you want to play Damon Bailey? Did you want Bedford North Lawrence and and Damon Bailey?
2: I knew that there wasn't going to be any other team that, if we were able to get by Anderson, I I knew that we were going to play Damon Bailey. Um, Talked to several of the coaches, got a lot of tape from the southern schools that they played, and... They all told me the same thing when we talked that, you know, Jim, you know, you've got to have a really good team. You're not going to win the state championship. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're going, Damon Bailey is going to win the state championship. And I didn't tell any of our players that these coaches told me that. I didn't tell any of the assistant coaches that I was told that. That was just – me that had heard <laughs> that from everybody, so you know there was, and I I just I tried to dismiss it, going I don't care what they say, mm-hmm. you know we still have the better team between us and 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 Bedford, and we're we're going to win it. So, but uh, yeah, that was a little tough to listen to that <laughs> yeah, to that all week, and then <clears throat> watch some of the game tapes. I watched the Evansville Bossy game, and uh, they were up pretty decent amount i can't remember exactly but they were up double digits at halftime in the semi state and i think bedford shot like 30 some free throws in the second half so <laughs> we'll let it sit at that so
1: were you even looking at southport that was the other team there no, you just no not
2: really no i mean i i just firmly believed you know i mean bedford had been there damon had been so close and he was going to get there, and um, so we to say no, we didn't look at anything on Southport would be no, probably mm-hmm. not accurate. But our main focus was obviously Anderson to, to, to know we had to take to win that game. But then, yeah, we were we were really focused on Bedford. Mm-hmm. So
1: obviously, you had the first game of the day, so you got to play in the Hoosier Dome that first game. So you kind of got to take in that crowd before the big game of the crowd. Did you ever look up, you know, maybe pregame before the Bedford North game and just kind of look at it, just kind of see what was happening and did you process what you guys were accomplishing that night with terms of that historic moment?
2: We, we kind of, yeah, we did and I told the team, I said when you guys come out there for the Anderson game and you're in warm-ups, I want you to look up. I want you to Look around. I want you to see this stadium filled with all these people, and you know, understand what a you know, a special moment in time that you you're getting to experience here. So, once you do that, you know, look all the way around. You know, you're going through the layup line. Look up. Look at each side. Look at each end as you're coming back, and soak it all in. But then, you know, as the clock's ticking down, with you know, to about. 12, 10 minutes to go to the game's going to start. Then you need to quit looking around <laughs> and you know and start Focus. focusing. Mm-hmm. But we didn't you know we not we didn't want to make it a, the moment bigger than life. So we wanted them to experience that and enjoy it. Take it all in, but then be ready to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you do anything like the Hoosiers things, like uh, measure the height of the basket or the free throw line <laughs> to show them, hey, this gym is just, this basketball court's just like the one we got back home in Concord, McEwen Gym.
2: We, we didn't. I mean, we again, <laughs> we tried to, you know, get them to in When we had our practice, uh, we had some time to go down there and practice. You know, just, again, look, you know, hey, you got 15 minutes here. Go to the top of the stadium if you want. Go wherever, but and shoot around, look around, um, do what you want. You got 15 minutes to take in this stadium mm-hmm. and where we're going to be playing. Um, and then when we start here in 15 minutes, then we've got an hour and 15 and we're going to go through yeah. and do what we need to get done. But So, not, nothing really gimmicky, but I want them to understand that, you know. Get used to the shooting background. We obviously we took a lot of shots, yeah. both ends of the floor. Because yes, it was a little different. But actually, coaching in there and playing in there was actually easier than it was at. Well, it's Banker's Life now, but um, when we played in '88 um, there, because as a smaller basketball arena, it was so much louder. Mm-hmm. The Hoosier Dome, the fans were further from you. It was bigger. You know, you could communicate, I could communicate, and the players could communicate back to me a lot easier without having to scream and yell and lose my voice. Yeah, that's what Mike
1: Swanson actually said to me on the phone. He was like, We could talk like how we're talking right now, Mm -hmm. and we could hear everything. It was actually a weird, like, it was better almost to play in it in that regard because the fans were so far away, and the sound just travels, Mm -hmm. right? So.
0: I mean, I, re- I remember covering games at the Concord and McEwen Gym, and the guy, that's, the sports writer that's sitting right next to you at the press table, you have to scream at him yeah. to even be heard, you know, over, yeah. the, over the noise yeah. the crowd generated. Yeah,
2: With, uh, McEwen was, yeah, I mean, so if you could play in there and communicate in there. You um, could play anywhere. You could play anywhere because yeah. there was, it was no place louder.
1: So I know uh, you mentioned to us before we started recording that you have watched the game back. Since uh, it took you 27 years to watch it, though, Um, I guess what did it? uh, Why did it take so long? What did it? What and what changed for you to be able to go back and watch that state championship game?
2: I guess one day my wife just uh, you know asked me. She goes, "Have you ever watched that?" And I said, "No." And she says, "Why not?" And I said, "I don't know. Just I haven't." (laughs) I said, "You know, we 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 had our goal, and we really believed we were going to win the state championship." I know what happened. Um, you know there was a controversial call down the stretch uh, with Bill Much, and I just you know so uh, yeah about three summers ago I was sitting there one day and I thought yeah what the heck so I dialed it up and <laughs> watched it and yeah so my my mind hasn't changed since my original mm-hmm. thought on that
1: <laughs> <laughs> so kind of gotta go. Uh, beat by beat a little bit through the game the first quarter you kind of go down early uh Damon has eleven points in that first quarter uh what do you remember i guess them coming out did you did you guys feel tight at all were you nervous H- i guess how did you how did they get to that point i guess
2: I think it was just a matter of, we missed some you know missed some shots and they were hitting shots and obviously Damon scored eleven uh we changed up a little bit what well, we had in mind on defensively we were gonna rotate some guys on him try to keep somebody fresh on him. Um, so I think just the moment maybe uh, was more than what we thought it was going to be to start the game. And I think, again, they settled in a little bit into the second quarter.
1: Right. And it seemed like uh, a big key to that was Jamar guarding Bailey in that second quarter. Bailey doesn't score. You guys go up five, I believe, at halftime. Um, how much did that affect Damon Bailey having Jamar? And was that a move? you had planned out before the game, or was that just something you kind of were feeling in the game, hey, let's get Jamar on Bailey?
2: We had talked about it, and, you know, that we had worked on that all week during practice. We said, you know, we're going to rotate guys on him. we got to keep somebody fresh on him. He's going to be, you know, a beast. Uh, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to stop him, but we just want to try to, you know, somewhat control him. And, uh, you know, when he got 11 the first half, and uh, I believe Jamar, you know, came to the uh, – Huddle at the huddle at the between quarters and you know I said you know you want to guard him and he's like yeah absolutely so that's what you want you want you know your your best player to step up to the challenge and um, so we, we made that adjustment and uh, we were able to hit some shots in the in the second quarter and shut him down a little bit and that made that made a difference going into half.
1: Yeah, anything offensively in the second and third quarters just different. Other than you made shots.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's just you know, and that's one of the things. I mean, you you can take a game and it comes down to making shots. I mean, sooner or later you got to make shots, and um, if if you're not making them, you're going to struggle. And I don't care what level or what 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 game you're playing in. Uh, it's you got to make some shots and so we were getting them in the first quarter they just weren't falling second quarter i think we settled down a little bit made some shots and made some defensive adjustments
0: yeah i think every coach i've ever talked to has always told me that hey i look much smarter when my kids make baskets
1: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, obviously there's a timeout at 238 left in the game coming out of it johnson makes two free throws it's 58 52 238 left in the game are you starting to think, hey, we're going to win this? Like, this is ours. We could see it now, I guess?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it changed from 2.38 to go from, you know, beginning of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. we always thought we were going to win it. Um, but, yeah, as the game goes on and gets closer to the end, then, yeah, you feel pretty good about things. And at that point in time, you know, it's one of those decisions. At what point in time do you have the lead um, – and 238's a long time. Mm-hmm. And we had a possession in there that as we were uh, running the offense, there was a thought in the back of my mind. It's like, do we, do we pull it out? Do we just, you know, make them foul or, you know, take nothing but a, a layup? So I, we were probably about one possession away from doing that, um, and we didn't. So, you, you know, you can never go back and second-guess yourself, mm-hmm. I still think. Because if you start doing that, then you don't want your guys playing to not lose. Right. You want them to play to win. And mm-hmm. you'll see that in games all the time. You know, teams have a lead. They change the way they start playing. And then they start to play, okay, well, we just don't want to lose this game. Instead of just going out and winning it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, BNL goes on a 7-0 run after that to take the lead. You guys called the timeout. Uh, out of the timeout, Jamar hits a shot. Was that kind of the design to play, like, hey, let's get the ball to Jamar and let's have him hit a shot or try to get him a shot or something like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you want your best players taking your shots. So, um, again, Bill Mutch misses a nice little – I'm not sure exactly what the time frame was, but he had a little 10, 10, 12-footer right in the middle of the lane that went like halfway down, (laughs) popped out. I know, you know Mike Swanson – Missed a, you know, one and one at the end of that game, and I'm sure if you talk to Mike, mm-hmm. you probably, and you know, mm-hmm. really good free throw shooter, um, just missed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had some things go down in the end, um, and I've always said from the beginning, and we and we preach this um, to the players. It's like you, your job is to play. You just play. Mm-hmm. You're the referees are there to referee. I'm here to coach. Part of my role as a coach is if the officials need to be talked to, I'll take care of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys just play. And we also said no official can ever determine the outcome of a game. And even though, you know, there was a controversial block charge, Mm -hmm. we don't know even if they call a charge that we would have won the game. We don't know that. But, you know, we missed some free throws. We missed a little jumpers. How many turnovers do we have that game? How many offensive rebounds did we give? So you know you can blame it on a call, but the bottom line is you're in charge of your own destiny and the outcome of the game. So um, you know <laughs> it, it, it was a heck of a game, mm-hmm. and uh, it, if we have, you know made a couple shots down the uh, down the stretch or uh, got a, got the call the other way, you, you never know.
1: So when that that. Block charge comes up when you watched it again. Did you turn away? Did you close your eyes? No, I watched and, it you <laughs> you several watched times. It? <laughs> you f- slow it down? I or? figured
2: as long as I'm watching this and going through <laughs> the pain, I'm really going to like slow it down and watch it and repeat it to see. So I think probably the most telling one that I just sit there and still laugh at today, we were staying at a hotel. We didn't stay downtown. We stayed out by the airport. So we had a meal planned after the game back at the hotel when we went back and there was a rather large chef there and they had a buffet set up for the players and the chef was there and he was coming through and as Bill Mutch walked past him, he looked down at him and he said, are you number 54? And Bill said, yep, he goes, that was a charge. <laughs> and I'm like, Really? Don't they feel bad enough already, and now you're going to say that? Oh, that's funny. But that oh. was, uh, and I, yeah, I'm sure Bill remembers that because. And it was just like not not what we wanted to hear, but so anyways, it was uh, it was a it was still it was a great game, a classic game, and uh, you know we just we ended up just a little bit short that night.
1: Last one for me here, Coach. And, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, What is the legacy of of 1990 Concord? What is their legacy?
2: I mean, to me, I I still think that that was the best team that's ever played at Concord. I I truly believe that was the best team that I coached when I was there my 11 years. And we talked about it earlier, you know, between the 88 and 90 team. I just think that, uh, yeah, they just – it was a special group, and it was you know they did it without Sean, and I really think that you know after Sean left, a lot of people kind of probably were going to write Concord off, and you know they they came back and had a a very special special season, and uh, one one that uh, I'm sure they'll all remember, and I'll definitely will always remember.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, oh. thank you again, Coach, for diving coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Again, this will be part of a story that I'm working on about the 1990 team. It's scheduled to come out uh, on the 30th anniversary of the state championship game. uh, uh, I almost said May 24th, March 24th coming up here pretty quickly. So uh, we thank you again for coming in, taking some time and, uh, you know, hopefully you don't have to rewatch that game ever again. Um <laughs> Probably won't. <laughs> so awesome. It's, it's not on your uh, hit hit list, huh? No, or,
2: not 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 anytime soon. Yeah, so but okay. no, appreciate the invitation. Enjoyed it. It's always good talking with you guys and reminiscent of that team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks Jim for coming in today and that'll wrap up another edition of the Ghost News podcast, folks. We'll talk to you next week.